Hi, I'm Melinda Hill, and you're listening to Lit with Melinda Hill, a podcast about all things that light me up. Well, it sounds like you're busy. I'd like to see people being congratulated on social media for not marrying the wrong person. I hope that ends up working out for you. Hey guys, super exciting news. I now have an Amazon page where I have a list of all the things that light me up, all my personal favorite products from Amazon Prime. So if you feel like getting lit through this list, it'll provide a kickback that keeps this podcast going. I suggest heading over there to see my favorite curated items. We'll put the link in the episode notes. For instance, you will have direct access to my personal favorite picks, my Himalayan Glow Crystal Salt Lamp, my Vegan B12 Liquid Supplement Vitamin Supplements, my favorite bubble bath, gift ideas, all kinds of fun stuff. Check it. Hi, Jen. I am so happy that you're here today. How long have we even known each other? I was thinking about the other day. It's been 25 years. I know. Where did we meet? Walk us through our coming into each other's lives. I do not recall the specific moment where we met. I just know we both lived in Los Feliz. We both had the same talent agency. And we both worked at a bar in Hollywood, the Goldfingers. I was like a go-go dancer and a cocktail waitress, and you were the bartender. So we definitely connected there, but we also could have met at our talent agent's agency office because we were or at auditions. I mean, there's so many. And then we were always taking walks together in Griffith Park because we lived in the same neighborhood. So I don't remember which of those three instances, but that's my initial memories of like our 25-year friendship. Yeah, I remember you were so cute. You were the go-go dancer at Goldfingers, the bar we worked at off of Yucca. And we were both with Danny Hoff, agency. And you booked so many commercials. And I was the bartender. Sounds like a few lifetimes ago, but yes, this is all accurate. How funny, right? And here so, we are. Here we are. And special adult women. I love it. <laughs> special adult women. And I'm so excited that you've become an astrologer because I was looking at the reading you did for me a few years ago. I was reviewing the notes and I was like, wow, a lot of this stuff that you predicted completely happened. There was that is so cool. I love to hear that. I was wondering, like, what is evolutionary astrology? Like the particular astrology that you practice? Like, what does that mean? Good question and a good distinction. I think I first stumbled upon astrology in my teen years when I was briefly living in Portland, Oregon. I came across an author, Jeff Green, Pluto, the evolutionary journey of the soul. And that is when he was like one of my initial astrology teachers. And this was again, like 27 years ago. So evolutionary astrology is the idea that you have a soul and 
there's an evolution of everybody's consciousness. And I guess a good way to explain that is like, Melinda, I know you'll understand this. Like sometimes you'll meet somebody and you just get the feeling like, wow, this person is an old soul. Or the opposite, you might meet somebody and be like, you know, they're young. There's something like very young and innocent and maybe not as like old of a soul feeling or as wise. Also a good example is if somebody's in a high vibe and taking care of themselves, you know, working on their personal growth and living like a healthy lifestyle, they're operating and just functioning at a higher vibration. And so a lot of what traditional astrology does not do is they do not take the individual and their level of consciousness into the picture. And so that's where this cookbook astrology, you might relate to some of it, but some of it doesn't fully add up because they're not taking in the person's consciousness. And then there's a lot of other factors as far as like somebody's economic conditioning, their religious conditioning, their social conditioning. Um, there's so many factors. A good example is a set of twins. Like they could have the same exact chart, same time, same place. You know, it could be a C-section. They literally came out at the same moment and they're very different people. What is that about? You know, taking the spiritual evolution of somebody's consciousness into play, then with the reading, or the chart rather, now you start to get a really rich understanding of the person and the energies. Okay, I see. So like your website is called Aquarius Rising. So what does that mean? Like what is the age of Aquarius? Tell me about that. Okay, <laughs> another good question. So Aquarius Rising is the name of the website. And what that is, is that we are essentially living in the dawning of the age of Aquarius. You know, that the whole song that actually came out in the 60s. The age of Aquarius actually lasts around 2000 years, between 2000 and 2500, right? We've been living in the age of Pisces for the last 2000 plus years. The thing that is not exactly clear is the age of Aquarius doesn't actually start on like a specific day. It's not like, okay, Tuesday, February 10th, it's going to be the age of Aquarius. It takes almost two generations per se to really fully move into a new 2000 year period. So it's in our lifetime, Melinda, we're starting to see this shift. We're starting to see this paradigm shift of this old like system slowly, essentially dying off and a whole new paradigm is being born. But we are just the forerunners of that. Does that make sense? Yes. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering because you're really the only astrological person I've ever experienced. So I really don't know that much about astrology. I mean, I think it's fun to read a horoscope, but I really am not an expert by any means. I guess I'm wondering, like, what are the benefits to astrology? How can it help people? Why should people see an astrologer or have an astrological reading? I love that. Well, March of this year, right now, this is the biggest shift month of 2023. So we've got two planets moving from one part of the zodiac, one part of the heavens into another part of the heavens. And when that happens, there's just a whole different energy 
that's happening. If we're more aware of that, then we can be more in sync with it. And that can be very beneficial. I don't consider myself a psychic. I definitely consider myself to be intuitive. But I have been studying this essentially soft science of astrology for you know 27 years now. And it's amazing when you start to keep track of uh, where the planets are, it really can make sense of the chaos. Even just like when bringing it down to a 30, 28-day cycle with the moon, when it's a full moon versus a new moon, watching the cycles, watching the time of these different shorter cycles for the moon, or for instance, watching the cycle of the planet Pluto, that's a 250-year cycle, it really can be empowering and beneficial to make the best use of the energy and the forecast of energy. And just for your personal astrology, it's a way to have this objective blueprint of like, I already have all these gifts and talents, but I really do need to work on my ability to listen more or take my partner's feelings into consideration more. Let's use your chart as an example and let's talk about where the planets are now to like help people essentially you know, make the best use of these energies. Got it. Yeah. And were you always intuitive? How were you called to do this? I think so. I think that's definitely one of my gifts. An intuitive, I guess the distinction is like, I'll know things or I'll get a feeling about things, but it's not like, Melinda, you're going to, well, and now you have, but you're going to meet this guy and get engaged on this date. Like, that's not what I do. But with talking to the client, yes, I can. And it's getting to know the client as well. It's a very interactive process of talking with me as an astrologer. I was looking at the reading that you gave me a few years back, and I was sort of blown away when I you know, having not looked at it for a few years, I looked back over the notes because I knew I was meeting with you today. And you saw in my reading that there would be an expansion in October of the following year. I thought back, what happened in October of that year? And I was like, whoa, that is actually when I played the lead in a movie. And that's so interesting, again, like where I was like, oh, this is going to be an expansive period maybe like widen your network or, you know, there's going to be more of an abundant period there. That's more of like a line. And I was probably looking at like a Jupiter transit for you, for instance. So yeah, that's exactly how it works. Very, yeah. I, I love to hear that report back. It was really cool. And then you had also said that I would be teaching more and writing a book and I'm doing all of those things now. So I thought that was pretty cool. Very um, cool. I love to hear that. So what is going on in the stars now and how is it affecting everyone? Well, let's just start with the planet Saturn. Saturn takes about 28 to 29 years to make a full orbit around the sun. A lot of people know what their Saturn return is. Um, that's approximately between the ages of 28 to 30. You have a Saturn return. This year, Saturn is moving from the sign Aquarius into Pisces. And this is a new three-year cycle. 
let's break it down in kind of different pieces just to make it more understandable. The planet Saturn in general, it rules Capricorn, but Saturn is all about putting in the time and effort and working hard and setting your goals, but sticking to a program in order to reach your goals, right? That where we have Saturn in our chart can show our career path. You don't get a free lunch with Saturn energy. If you're putting in the work, you will be rewarded with Saturn. If you're being lazy or cutting quarters, Saturn will essentially kind of make you pay for it. And this is why in traditional astrology, Saturn has a bad name or, you know, people will like hate Saturn transits or even a Saturn return can be really hard. But if we look at like the ages 29 to 30, when everybody has a Saturn return, that is like a maturing period. That's another thing about Saturn. It's all about like the wise old person, but it's because they've gone through that long experience of having that wisdom. That period when we have a Saturn return, that's when it's a maturing part of our lives. A lot of times people will get married in that period or have babies during that period or start a career or start a graduate program. It's really like you're setting the foundation for the next 29 years of your life, right? That's a Saturn return. So just to give you a little about the planet Saturn. Saturn's been in the sign Aquarius. Um, much of what we were just talking about is this whole Aquarian thing where the Pisces age is ending and the Aquarius age is just beginning. Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and it's innovative energy, it's science, it's anything to do with the web. It's really high mind, like fast. Like when you're having a Uranus transit, you might get like a download of all this information. It's everything to do with like-minded peoples and community. Anything where we're moving into this world, in a, or really, yeah, we're moving into this time where we're becoming more and more of a global community. And that's why, because of like the internet and communications and the fact that we can like just touch on our screens. And like, it's essentially like almost sped up time. So when Saturn moved into Aquarius for the last three years, you know, we saw a lot of things where Saturn, we had to be a lot more responsible for the whole community. We had to like work hard and change our schedules in order to like accommodate the whole group. We all became like much more active on screens. Aquarius can also be like a bird's eye view. It's not, it's air. It's a little bit more cold, not cold, but detached. Think about how detached we had to be over the last few years during COVID, right? Those are just some like quick points about what Saturn going through Aquarius has been like. So now that Saturn is moving into Pisces for a new three-year cycle, this is definitely a big shift. I wouldn't say that Saturn in Pisces is a bad thing, but Saturn is Earth wants a plan, wants structure. Pisces, on the other hand, is a water sign. Very go with the flow, nonlinear, creative, all about surrendering. So this is an interesting shift. If we think about Saturn going into Pisces, it's definitely going to be a time where being able to surrender to the process will be very helpful. 
as far as the last times that Saturn was in Pisces, Saturn is also to do with like our leaders. And that goes from everybody to like the president of the country to the CEO of the company. It can be a little bit more of a time of uncertainty. It can be when the underdog becomes the leader. Martin Luther King was definitely in leadership. This was like a big Pisces, a Saturn and Pisces cycle. Again, when Nelson Mandela became in power, this was another Saturn and Pisces cycle. It can definitely be when your spiritual life is a lot more focused. A good way to deal with this energies is definitely opening yourself up to your creativity, being in the moment, kind of surrendering to the process of what this year will bring. I love it. A good way to utilize the energy. Okay. Well, how can I utilize the energy in my life? There's a few things too. I know you are a Capricorn sun sign. Your rising sign is Sagittarius and then you're a moon in Leo. So that's just like everybody kind of know. Like that's one of the things if you're just getting into astrology, like find out what your moon sign is, find out what your rising sign is and see if you identify with these archetypes or these characteristics. You know, a lot, most people know what their sun sign is, but they don't know what their moon sign is. And then that's when you start kind of going down the rabbit hole of how in depth this can go. Saturn has been in your second house for the last almost three years. Yeah. So with Saturn going in Pisces in your second house, you've already had Saturn in your second house, which is very much about there's been a focus on how you're making money. It's interesting because with Saturn in Aquarius and in your second house, I would say it was probably interesting like I would ask you as an astrologer, were you making money with things on the internet, with web-based projects? Was that because Saturn in your second house of money and resources and the fact that it's been in Aquarius, that's been the focus point. Now that it's moving into Pisces in the second house, that's interesting. Opportunities for anything that you've been working on that has a spiritual nature, that's helping other people on a spiritual level, definitely creative, definitely for film. These are some of the ways that with Saturn moving into Pisces. But here's what's amazing. It's actually making that at zero degrees Pisces, it's making a really harmonious aspect to your sun in Capricorn. Um, to the degree right now and in, in conjunct to your moon and Leo. So isn't it funny that often like there's one thing ending and there's a new thing beginning? And I know a little bit about you, Melinda, and I know that you just moved and you're engaged. It's definitely, I can see the symbolism, right? You're starting this whole new cycle. You literally just moved into a new house. Um, so you're really, you're already kind of reaping the benefits from this Saturn into Pisces, making that really nice aspect to your sun. And I believe in especially the next weeks, even with a couple other things that I'm noticing, you're going to really see like this whole new cycle beginning for you, right? It's, it's very like prominent for you, especially right now. Wow. Okay. So like, how does this affect 
all the people and how does it affect me? Okay, this is like a really big generalization. And this is where, again, you, you have to take so many things into account. But all the fixed signs, which are Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, those are all the fixed signs. With Saturn being in Aquarius for the last three years, all the fixed signs were getting a butt kicking by Saturn, like the Saturn return thing that we talked about. And so it can just be a time where you're like taking on, like with all of the fixed signs, had to probably take on a lot more responsibility for the last three years on some level. Now that Saturn is moving into Pisces, all the mutable signs out there. So the mutable signs are going to be Pisces, Virgo, Gemini, Sag. Now that Saturn is moving into Pisces, they are going to really have to take responsibility, work hard. If you're doing that, though, this is what I want to clear up. It can be awesome. It does not have to be a hard thing. That's what I'm saying. A lot of traditional astrology will be like, ah, I'm having a sad return. It's awful. It can actually be, though, that like if you're putting in the hard work and determination, Saturn is benefiting you. Saturn is saying, good job, and your harvest is even bigger. To answer your question, the mutable signs are definitely going to be feeling this a lot more so than the fixed signs per se or the cardinal signs. Okay, got it. And when you said you are doing a reading today, you asked for some info. So I gave you my birthday. It's 1222. Yeah, we have your birthday. We And if you do not know what time you were born, that's okay. If you have your time of birth, that's best. It gets far more detailed. If you don't have your time of birth, the moon changes signs every day and a half. So if the moon changed signs your birth date and you don't know what time you were born, you might not know if you're a moon in Aquarius or a moon in Pisces because the moon changed. So yeah, we can let's go into a little bit more of what you could be preparing for for your energies coming, right? Well, first of all, I love that you asked what time I was born. So then I texted my mom. She said 7.43 a.m. I gave you the place, the date. I mean, I've always thought I'm a Capricorn Sag cusp, and you said, no, you're a triple Capricorn, you're a total Capricorn. And then you said, come with a question. And so I guess my question for this reading, you know, what is going to happen with the career? I always have like five plates spinning, five projects. People are always like, stop being so scattershot, pick one, focus. And I'm like, but I'm a comedian, comedians do 80 things. But if I were to choose a place to put my energy, which project? And I guess I would also want to know, where do I get married? Ooh, okay, okay. I like, these are great questions. Because as soon as you get engaged, everyone's like, when's the wedding? Where's the wedding? Da, da, da. And it's like, can we just enjoy being engaged for a minute? But then it's like, oh yeah, where is the wedding going to be? Okay, so those are my two main. Okay, I love it. So you're wanting a focus on what direction to go with in career and then some direction about uh, the wedding. That would be amazing. Like where's the strongest energy? Okay, the first part of your question is, yes, a lot of times people think that because they were born on a day that the sun changed signs, they're on the cusp. 
again, if you know what time you were born, you are either one or the other. So you are a Capricorn. You are at the very zero degree of Capricorn, but officially you're a Capricorn. There were three other planets in Sagittarius, your birthday. So this is what makes you a triple Sagittarius, but also your rising sign or your ascendant is also Sagittarius. So I'm not a triple Capricorn. I'm a triple. You're a triple Sagittarius and technically a triple Capricorn too. What we're looking at when we're looking at your natal birth chart, it's where the planets were the day and time you were born and then how they were aspecting each other. It's essentially like your fingerprint or your snowflake of like what the karmic energy is that you came into this life with. That's another part of evolutionary astrology. So it's the idea that you have a soul and that you've lived multiple lifetimes. And so there's some areas that you already are really, really gifted at. And there's other areas that you're continuing to work at. This is, again, kind of like a perfect explanation of like a prodigy, you know, a 14 year old that comes in and they can they're just like amazing piano player at such a young age. This idea is that they've been a pianist for several lifetimes and they're already coming in with that energy. So that's one way to look at it. But the natal chart is where the planets were, the day and time you were born and how they're aspecting each other. And the day you were born, the sun had just moved into the zodiac sign of Capricorn. Mars was in Scorpio, Venus, Neptune, and Mercury were all in the sign Sagittarius. And then we can go from there. But let's keep focused on your questions. But does that help make some sense of it and what we're looking at? Yeah. Well, you're saying there, there's like a lot of Capricorn, there's a lot of Sag, and there's other things happening. I don't really understand it. Look, try this sign. So everybody knows what their sun sign is generally. But each of the planets is also in a sign. And each of the planets is a different function of your personality. So you being a Capricorn, some of the things, that, and I, we know this about you, Melinda, very hard worker, very goal-oriented, very slow and steady wins the race. Like you've been working on everything that you've been working on since I've known you. For 26 years, you've been working or, you know, plus, or even before I met you is the point. Stand-up comedy, acting, and writing, and networking, and helping other people. You've always been like, working on your personal growth, right? This is like, but your son in Capricorn is that like you have carved out and been determined and essentially like made it. You've made yourself. And a lot of that's been what we've been talking about all the Saturn energy is that's Capricorn, right? Capricorn's the goat going up the mountain. So yes, your sun sign is Capricorn, but the day and time you're born, the planet Venus, Neptune, and Mercury were all in Sagittarius. So you also, and you're a Sagittarius rising. So you also have a lot of Sagittarius energy, which is also being a naturally intuitive, also being a natural teacher, also being a natural salesperson in a way that when you believe in something, you can get other people on board with it. A natural storyteller. Sagittarius comes after the sign Scorpio, where Scorpio is like so intense. 
Sagittarius can laugh at itself, see the absurdity in it. So even though that's your natural like comedic stuff is very strong in your chart. And then your moon sign, uh, the day and time you're born had just moved into Leo. Your moon sign, which is your emotional nature, how you see yourself, it's more your inner world, right? Is in Leo. And so this is somebody who is naturally very creative naturally very much looking at life as like this blank canvas and you are going to like create the life that you want but being a natural creative person like you are you know definitely in the creative realm of like what you do right yeah spot on spot on that's just like a little I know we've already done like an actual like personal reading for you before, but that's some of just for your birth chart. Then if we look at where the planets are now. So we talked a little bit already about that Saturn just moved into Pisces. It's going to make this really harmonious sign to your sun that Saturn in Pisces is going to sextile your sun, which is like right now you're able to put structure into how you're creatively actualizing yourself. The other thing that I'm seeing right around the corner is the planet Uranus is about to move into your fifth house. So that's another big shift. It's moving from your fourth house to your fifth house. It will be in your fifth house until 2028. This is another big shift in creativity and how you're making money potentially that anything, again, web-related, community-related is going to expand and become even more of a potential for you to creatively actualize yourself. So when you so, say web-related, it's like social media, web series, web stuff, as opposed to doing more movies and TV, or does that mean also streaming series stuff? Okay, so this is this is Pod- film stuff is going to be a little bit more of a Pisces Neptune thing. The fact that Saturn is moving into Pisces does highlight film in in that medium. In your chart, what jumps out at me is you have Uranus right on your tenth house cusp. Uranus is on your career line. Everything Uranus is going to be, yes, social media, the internets, anything fast moving communications. Uranus is like operating at a really high frequency. It's anything that's connecting the collective consciousness. For you, it's interesting because you've definitely had success in film work, no question. But It is interesting that your career stuff thus far has been a lot more Uranian in nature. That is, again, even kicking off next week or in a couple weeks in April, that is highlighted in your chart. Hopefully this gives you some clarity. I think here's the other thing that's interesting about the fact that Uranus is about to make a very big shift in your chart. Uranus can bring unexpected events. And so you can make a plan when you're having Uranus transit and what you can likely plan on is that it's not going to go as planned. But the good news is that a lot of times if you're flexible and open to shifts and change, 
it can be awesome. It can actually be like a big upgrade. It's like a big lightning bolt of like, oh my gosh. And it's it, it can be very like a big elevation in your life. What my advice to be to you with these astrology transits is keep working on everything you're working on. And I think it's going to become really clear to you. And there might even be something coming in in April that you haven't even fully put on the table yet. And it's going to be by April that you're like, this is where I need to focus my energy. And I think it's going to be something that's going to be a lot more social media and web-based that's bringing communities of people together or that's like highlighting communities or that's helping communities elevate and connect. Possibly elevate, connect, and share what their gifts are because it's Uranus and Taurus. You have Saturn in Gemini in your natal chart. You're always going to have like three projects going on. You're never going to have like, I'm just doing one thing. Like that's just part of your nature and how you operate. It is like maybe you pick three projects instead of 10 projects. Like that could be an issue for you. But you're always going to have a few projects. So I'm not saying this is exactly what's going to be, but I know you're very excited about some of these films that you're in the process of writing and rewriting and pitching and, you know, doing. I think that's going to continue on. Next year, Saturn is going to move into your third house of communication and travel. Next year could definitely be that you're traveling for work, you're getting paid for script writing or a book is getting published or you're you're working more on like the writing stuff. You could be working on that this year, but next year that's when the doors are opening for those pieces. This year, because Uranus is just moving into your fifth house, that's like you're all of a sudden getting a boost of creativity in anything social media, internet, connecting groups of people, connecting people and their talents and other people's resources. That's more what I see with the Saturn and Uranus, those two things. So you're saying I'm always going to be a woman of many projects and that kind of the film book, probably traveling for stand-up or acting or something is more next year. I think, yeah, what's, what Saturn moves into your third house, there's going to be a lot more movement. Third house is like communications and it's and traveling. So that's why, yes. Okay, great. And then so now is more a time of building community, building the, the kingdom, contributing to community, connecting with community through social media things. So to me, that sounds like... Yes. And one piece that we haven't talked about is... Pluto is moving into Aquarius officially this month of March. That's massive. That is like a new 250-year cycle. So all things Aquarius are about to be highlighted. Aquarius, it's all about the whole community and how we are becoming like a global family, a global community, right? And this is all because of the internet. And so all things Aquarius are about to be revolutionized because the planet Pluto is moving into Aquarius. And we could quick touch on if you wanted to, like Pluto's been in Capricorn for the last 14 years. Pluto's moving into Aquarius for the next 20 years. It's moving into Aquarius for a few months and then it will go retrograde back into Capricorn. And then next year, 
it is officially in Aquarius for the next 20 years. So all of our groups of friends, network, anything scientific, AI, space age, it's all Aquarius stuff. That's about to be revolutionized. Anything that is really helping the whole community connect, that paradigm is going to continue to evolve and be the focus. The opposite of Aquarius is Leo. When we use our creative gifts, Leo, to help humanity and to help the whole group expand, this is where we continue to elevate. And that's going to be key for Pluto moving into Aquarius. And that's going to be very prominent for you because of Uranus moving into your fifth house. I love it. I mean, I feel like I'm always all about the community. And in fact, I really missed having a weekly comedy show where I got to see so many people in the community every week. And the pandemic's been great as a writer to like burrow in and just write things, but I have really missed the community. But I feel like what you're saying is for the community stuff will continue happening, but it'll be in a more social media space. So that could actually like include podcasts, more web series, stuff like that, or I don't know, maybe. For you, for you personally, yes. And I guess what I'm also trying to do is not only tell you for you personally, but like to just give you an idea, like an example of the energy. So just to give you like another example of what I'm talking about, like companies that really are taking care of their employees and giving them a piece of the pie, that paradigm is going to continue to excel in this energy field. I think when you're working with social media and connecting people, you know, and it's what we've, and we've already been, Saturn's been in Aquarius for the last three years. So in a way we've already been doing this, right? That was almost like we were setting the foundation of now Pluto's moving into Aquarius. If anything, the dark side of Pluto moving into Aquarius is like taking breaks from screens, like letting AI get too out of hand. Like those are kind of like things to be aware of, right? Same thing with like Saturn moving into Pisces, like numbing out, playing too many video games, like checking out, like that could, that's like the darker side of like Saturn and Pisces. But for you personally, yes. I guess what I want to bring home is that I feel like there's going to be an opportunity that comes for you in April that you're not even aware of right now that's going to give you a real clear idea of everything that we're talking about that's going to fit like, oh my gosh, that's what Jennifer was talking about. This is like such an Aquarian type thing. That's what you're going to really be able to focus your energy on. But yes, all the things you're already working on, right? With social media, the web series, the comedy special, all of that. I just think you're going to know exactly which direction to run with come April. I don't think that you probably necessarily, it's come into full focus yet. Okay. Got it. Um, Where should I get married? Okay. So this is another thing that is amazing about astrology. Um, So have you guys thought about the dates? No. Okay. So two things that we can do with astrology, which we don't have time to do today, 
once you start to get clear on like, okay, these are like the three or four places that we're thinking about getting married, there's a few things that you can do. You can see anywhere in the world where you have like more harmonious energy. So if you're thinking about a destination wedding, we could absolutely look at like where the planetary aspects are the best for you and your husband or your fiance, soon to be husband. Also, for launching a business, for getting married, for having a surgery, for planning a trip, all of these are a great way that you can use astrology. So once you have narrowed it down to, you know, a period of time that you want to get married, then definitely come back to me and let's pick like what the best date is. I've 100% seen this work and it's 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 incredible. There's just times where if you're having a bunch of Jupiter transits and Jupiter, that energy is really active for you. That's like travel, expansive. You're taking new classes. You're expanding your horizons. And then if you're having a lot of Saturn transits, it can be a time where you're really like you're making your five-year plan and your budget, which P.S., you're having. You're having this year um, a Saturn transit to your Venus, which is very much like it's a time when you're focusing on how can you make the most of what you have and how are you going to continue to build that abundance. Whereas if you were having a Jupiter transit this year, I would say, oh, wow, like this looks like a year that there's a lot of travel happening for you. And like, and you're having more of like, okay, this is like a planning focus year for you. Okay. Wow. Well, that is very helpful. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. It's so wonderful to see you. I want to know more about your Costa Rican retreats that you're leading. Like, well, first of all, I want people to know where they can find you and get a reading from you if they would like. That's awesome. Yeah. My website, which we've mentioned a few times, AquariusRising.com. Uh, you can send me an email there. I am actually for the month of March offering a 25% discount off of a first time reading. Um, if it's your very first time having a reading with me, it is a 90 minute session. Once we've had the initial session that takes longer than a lot of people will just have like quick half an hour sessions with me in the you know following months and years but yeah that's what i'm offering but just because march is such a pivotal big point i mean as you melinda you're like in the crux of it yourself engaged and moved and like figuring out like the next big focal point for your career so yeah this is uh this is what i'm offering to everybody for the month of march because it's such a big shift for all of us that is wonderful. Well, I highly recommend that everyone jump on that opportunity and also follow Jennifer at a Jennifer Day, right? On uh, Instagram. Yes, my Instagram handle is a Jennifer Day. And I live in between Los Angeles, Costa Rica, and Northern California. I handle 99% of my Sessions are done over Zoom these days, but I will be doing um, another retreat in Costa Rica at some point soon. So if you get on my mailing list or stay in touch, that is another fun thing that I offer. Well, I'm just so proud of you for doing all of this and and so proud of the astrologer that you've become. And 
it's so wonderful to see you. And thanks for my great reading today. Yeah, well, I tell me when you've narrowed it down to the dates, because I would love to help you pick just a time where, you know, it's, it's a, a celebratory time. It will be. That would be great. Yeah, I feel like the December time is so hectic. So maybe not that month. Right now, we're just like, let's enjoy being engaged for a little while. Anyway, well, you're just such a light. By the way, you look exactly the same as when I met you. What is your beauty secret? You're so funny. Uh, what is my beauty secret? Is it being intuitive? I was going to say stars. Doing what I love. Yeah, following my bliss. I love that about you. I always love hearing about your your world travels and your adventures and that you're just following your bliss. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you, Melinda, so much for having me. And it's been an honor, obviously, knowing you as long as I have and watching you also just grow into the amazing entrepreneur and creative woman that you are. So it's been a pleasure and an honor. And thank you. Thanks, Jen. Love you long time. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so others can know what to expect from listening. And we'll see you next week. Hasta la pasta. Lit with Melinda Hill. Hosted by Melinda Hill. Produced and edited by me, Todd Donald. Executive produced by Melinda Hill. And music by The Polarity and Skip Whitman. Thank you for listening.